before we start the podcast today, I just want to uh, address all of the rumours that may be circulating about my fantasy team after our week one result. Um, any rumours suggesting that the team is in some sort of rebuild, um, that I'm going to be selling at the deadline, uh, selling it all, uh, is unequivocally false. Uh, it's not correct. It's not what's going to be happening. Um, we do have a lot of points that were left on our bench um, in week one. There are a lot of points that are going to be currently on our IR slot. We've got Jonathan Taylor. We've got Cooper Cup. They're not missing the entire season. They know Cooper Cup. He's coming back in four weeks. He's on short-term IR. If he was that serious, he wasn't going to play. Would have gone straight into long-term IR. I'm not worried. He's going to be back, and he's going to be putting up points when it matters. I'm not worried about games in September. I'm worried about games in December when championships are made. Jonathan Taylor, he needs to come back and earn his contract. He's going to come back and play. Needs to get his eligibility. He's going to get traded to the Dolphins or something awesome. We saw how good that offense can be. Don't you worry about the Stonecutters. We're still going to be here. This is me breaking my silence on the matter. Take notice. Um, I'm not going to get a zero from Dallas. Got it. I'm not going to get a 14 points from Jalen Hurst. I'm not going to get one point from Christian Kirk because his sorry ass is going to be on the bench. I'm going to be playing different players. Mike Thomas, he's back. Did you watch him? He looked awesome. Javante Williams had like 14 carries in his first game back off an ACL. The rest of the other dudes there suck. The Denver Broncos suck as per usual. But Jalen... Um, but Javante Adams is going to... Javante Williams is going to get catches. It doesn't matter. The, the st- stone cutters are still here. We're still going to be winning. Wheels, week two, that's a walkover. Week three, Joel, it's a real test for the both of us. I don't care if I'm one and two. The rest of the league sucks. I bet the third highest points and I scored 150 and my team stunk all week. It's not going to matter. I'm going to be finishing in the top four anyway. I'll see you in December. You all suck. Peace. Yo, 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 what's good, Addicts Gang? Uh, it's me, it is Frank, and um, welcome to the Week 1 Recap. God, it was a good weekend of football. Very excited to have the NFL back. Um, incredible weekend of football, some really poor games, but also some really good games. Shout out that Chargers and Miami Dolphins game. Uh Shout out to Tua Tagovailoa as well. God, what what a buy he was. Traded him for like stuff all. Tra- sent Kyler Murray's injured ass away and then got more stuff back. God, that was great. You suck, Charlam. Um, but it is good to be back on the mic going through um, and real games, not just preseason, not just that, like that five minutes of rubbish that you see in a preseason game. So it's going to be awesome. I'm going to quickly go through... Uh, each game and basically you know the main takeaways um, kind of serves as like a almost like a waiver wire show um, a recap show and then obviously what to look forward to um, in the next week and how what happened in week one is going to affect those teams heading into week two as well so hopefully you guys get a lot of value out of this episode um, before we do get started make sure you're following the podcast uh, on instagram at the fb addicts and on twitter um, sorry on Twitter at the FB Addicts and on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Please do not get that mixed up. Um, for whatever reason, the Fantasy Addicts was taken on Twitter. So don't don't hate the player, hate the game. Um, I'm going to quickly speak about the Thursday night game, just in case it hasn't been spoken about enough on the pod. Lions obviously getting up and winning twenty to twenty one to twenty against the Chiefs. Chiefs desperately need some playmaking at wide receiver. I don't think any of the wide receivers there are viable. Rashi Rice looked nice, but they're not going to you know realistically get enough volume when Travis Kelsey gets back. They weren't viable when he wasn't there against the Detroit Lions. Defense sucks. Um, And then Travis Kelsey is going to be back this week. So not interested in them. The running back room, God, it was a serious split. We saw Jarek McKinnon get next to no work um, at all. We got two targets for 10 yards off one catch. Um, And then you also had Clyde Edwards-Lair got a few carries and also got a couple of targets. And then you saw Isaiah Pacheco, you know, was actually involved in the passing game a little bit more, more or less. They were just check downs um, on, you know, passing downs. They wanted to sort of make the... Detroit uh, offense, uh, sorry, defense think that they were going to be running the ball. Um, but again, that was like a 
maybe it's like a 50% Pacheco, 20, 30% um, Clyde, and then 20% Jarek McKinnon. I don't think there's going to be enough volume for those guys to have any real upside. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is a pretty safe, um, high floor, low ceiling type play. Um, as for the Lions, Amon Ra, obviously really, really good. Sam Laporta looked really good in debut, and Jared Goff um, looked good at times as well. This offense is going to be just as good as it was last year. Um Dave Montgomery, very heavily involved, did well for fantasy. He gave you, you know, 20 carries. I think he had 74 yards and a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs looked really, really good in limited fashion. I think they're going to bring him into the offense more. Um, if for whatever reason, these people that buy into that, David Montgomery is going to be the primary back. And although he may get more carries, it's not going to mean he's even the primary back as far as the red zone um, and as far as uh, the passing downs go, which give you the high-value fantasy touches. Um Jimmy Gibbs, great buying opportunity. He looked fantastic in his first um, game time, pretty much. Um, the first game I want to get into was an awesome one. And shout out Joel on the um, the gambling pod this week. Absolutely called out that the Cleveland Browns were going to belt the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't say that they are going to belt them, but that's what happened. Um, he was betting the... Minus three on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, sorry, the plus three on the Cleveland Browns. You get points for this game. Um, but they come out, manhandled the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Deshaun Watson had 154 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Very run heavy, but they were leading for a majority of this game. Um, so he wasn't so great, super great for fantasy. But Nick Chubb, 18 carries, 106 yards. He's awesome. Elijah Moore got involved in the passing game as well. Um, and we also saw... Um, Amari Cooper have a you know a little bit of action three for thirty seven. David Njoku two for twenty four wasn't really going to give you much. Nick Chubb four catches twenty one yards will take those extra points in a PPR league. Um, and then we also had Jerome Ford had fifteen carries also, but only did got thirty six yards for those. Did also fumble. Um, not super efficient, but he is that second run, secondary running back for the Cleveland Browns that is going to have value. Um, so if you for whatever reason if you're stupid enough to play in a priority league where you got waiver priority and you're like waiver priority. 10 potentially he could be someone that's you know pretty far down the list but could be a nice little addition to your roster if you have some other guys like if you drafted Kadarius Tony drop his ass pick up Jerome Ford maybe if you're like if, if you got like the ninth 10th priority or spend a couple of dollars on Jerome Ford um, it's going to be a premier handcuff but also seems like he has a role in this offense too I know I'd been saying that um, during the offseason for quite some time Cincinnati Bengals though goodness me 82 total passing yards from Joe Burrow. They couldn't get anything going whatsoever. It seemed as soon as he snapped the ball, Miles Garrett was on him. They were killing him. They were hitting him. Um, he got taken out at the end of the game because they didn't want him to get hurt realistically. Um, but they couldn't get anything going. And that resulted in Jamar Chase only a 5 for 39. Um, T. Higgins, I believe he had double-digit targets or eight targets, zero catches, zero yards. Goose egged your fantasy teams. That's something you'd be very upset about. Um, Joe Mixon had a nice performance given the circumstances. He did have 13 carries, 56 yards on the ground, then caught three balls for 17 yards. Not a great fantasy day, but I think you can take positives away from it, and it's been what I've, realistically what I've been saying this offseason is, no one else in that backfield is involved. You know, we saw this split between him and Samaj P. Ryan last season, and now it's just Chris Evans and Trevion Williams got two carries each. So what? Like he had 13 carries to their four carries combined. Um, and then he also did, got the passing down work and caught three balls. Chris Evans had one catch for one, negative one yard. So um, I think moving forward, Joe Mixon is definitely the guy. So I think those are the main takeaways for that game. I'm going to jump into the Ravens-Texans game. Obviously, the main news coming out of this game is we expected the Baltimore Ravens to handle the Texans, which they did in the end. They did a bit of a slow start. You know, they're only leading 7-6 to six at the end of the first half, um, but then outscored them 15-3, to three, 15 to, sorry, 18-3 to three the rest of the way. Um, Lamar Jackson, pretty disappointing fantasy performance. Um, did obviously enough to win, to win the game, but you were very, very disappointed if you were relying on him for a big score, only 169 yards, an interception, and then only gave you 6 for 38 on the ground. Um, they did get Gus Edwards and Justice Hill involved on the ground after J.K. Dobbins, unfortunately, um, and it's been confirmed now, has torn his Achilles. He'll be out for the rest of the year and also puts a cloud on his future as well. Um, I did have him in a spot in the Dynasty League and very disappointed to um, have lost him. But sadly, um, these things happen. It's football. You move on. Um, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, if they're available, I think you pick them up and wait and see um, how that backfield shakes out. I don't think either of them are going to be very safe starts to 
to start with. Um, as funny as that sounds, I think I'll wait and see how that's what that split looks like. Justice Hill, obviously, the more um, proficient pass catcher, so I think he's someone that has a little bit more upside. Because if Gus Edwards doesn't perform on the ground, I think they can. There's a place where Justice Hill starts to eat into that um, rushing work. He also, you know, scored two touchdowns on the goal line. I mean, only had eight yards for nine carries, but he did get the job done on the goal line, and I think that's something the coaching staff will see as well. Um, so he's someone that I would pick up um, if I can. Again, it's week one. You don't want to spend all your money at once, but these are nice pickups. There isn't sort of someone um, here for me, at least in week one, that I'm willing to spend a decent chunk of my fab on. Zay Flowers' debut was awesome. Nine receptions, 78 yards. Was super involved. Um, wherever they could, they were scheming him open. They were getting the ball into his hands nice and early, getting um, into positions where he can run after the catch as well. Odell, two for 37. Rashad Bateman, three for 35. Clearly looked like the, the two and three wide receiver behind Zay Flowers being the number one. So I think that's the main takeaway there. Anyone who played Isaiah Likely, um, just want to point out that I know Andrew tweeted out on uh, the FB Addicts Twitter that we should be starting Isaiah Likely. I got straight in the chat, and I will post receipts if I need to, saying who on earth should be playing Isaiah Likely. It's a terrible call. And I also got lip from Joel about it as well. So just want to point it out. wasn't from me. Um, as far as the Texans go, um, I think CJ Stroud was on debut was nice. Um, not, you know, fantastic, but as far as rookie quarterbacks go in their debuts, um, definitely wasn't something that I was, you know, shocked by. Um, did have 242 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, had a relatively clean game, but just couldn't get the offense going, couldn't get them into the end zone, sadly. Damian Pierce, uh, 11 carries, 38 yards. Really couldn't get anything going. Um, Devin Singletary, 7 for 15. Um, again, more of a split than what was anticipated. Well, I think a lot of people were anticipating Damian Pierce to get pretty much, you know, 70-plus percent of the rushing work, you know, 70-plus percent of the receiving work out of the backfield. Um, he split a lot of time with Devin Singletary, and he also spent a, split a lot of time with Dare Ogumbawale. Um, so, again, you got to similar expectations on Damian Pierce. I don't think we can see what he did last year. Obviously, when when he was injured, we didn't see him, but when he was on the field and healthy, um, he was a workhorse running back and was you know putting up really good fantasy numbers. Um, someone that I've had um, in a couple spots in my dynasty leagues have offloaded one of my shares recently. Nico Collins did have six for 80. Um, got 10 targets as well, so that's something that's really promising for a young receiver. Just, again, not a player that has a lot of upside. I think if you need a spot start um, in a good matchup where you envision the Texans going to be down and throwing, you know, 44 times like they did in this game can give you some value. Robert Woods at 6 for 57. Look like he still has a little bit in the tank, but isn't going to be something, someone that you're wanting to play quite often. Um, And again, also in the running back room, we had um, Mike Boone had three catches for 18 yards. So again, there's a lot of um, mouths to feed here as well. Um, Tank Dell had three for 34. Nice debut, but, you know, we'll wait and see how he can go, um, if he can carve out a bigger role in this offense. But not many pieces I'm super interested in. And even Damian Pierce, who's someone was previously uh, at least startable, um, you know, becomes a bit cloudier. I think you still have to get him in your lineups. You've drafted him in a spot where you don't really have many other options. A really good game that I actually enjoyed watching quite a bit of, despite it not being super high scoring. thought this might be a more high scoring game, but it's the Minnesota Vikings and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting the win 30 to 17. Sorry, 20 to 17. I'm very tired, clearly. Um, Kirk Cousins struggled at times, but they threw the ball 44 times. They ran the ball just 14 times with the running backs. Kirk Cousins, three scrambles for seven yards. Um, this offense is going to be so, so pass heavy. Like, realistically, they were only down at any given point. They were only down by, like, three points at a maximum for most of this game. Um, there was no real reason to move away from the run. They just never established it in the first place. Um, this offense last season was incredibly pass heavy, and it's going to be even more so this season. Um, Alexander Madison gave you 11 carries for 34 yards. Thank goodness salvaged his day with a receiving touchdown as well. So he had three catch, 10 yards, and the touchdown. Justin Jefferson, no touchdown this year. This this year, this week, um, had nine catches, 150 yards. He's awesome. Um, he's going to continue to be awesome. Um, it'll be very surprising to see if he doesn't get into the end zone um, again in week uh, in week two. 
Jordan Addison had a nice debut, four for 61, got into the end zone, really nice touchdown catch, um, routed up his man, got in behind the defense and got the touchdown. TJ Hawkinson, not many yards, but did take in eight catches for 35 yards. So if you're playing in a PPR league or even, a, especially if you're playing in a tight end premium, if you're getting 1.5 or even two points per catch for a tight end, you're very happy with TJ Hawkinson's um, output. And it's probably one of those situations where if you're playing in a tight end premium, you're trying to reward players that make catches, you know, TJ Hawkinson, I don't know how many of those eight catches went for first downs, but you think tight end, like third down conversions, um, if you want to add value to those those positions, I think that's a really good way of doing it, and I think he had a good impact on the game as well. The Buccaneers side of the ball, though, Baker Mayfield, 21 of 34, 173 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. What a guy. Um, Baker Mayfield, just someone you want to play for. I was watching that game, and I want to get out there and fight for that man. Um had a really nice game, Baker. Really, you know, clean. Um, didn't turn the ball over. Did exactly what he needed to do. They tried to establish the run. They, you know, ran the ball 17 times with Rashad White, five times with Sean Tucker. Chase Edmonds had a couple carries, and so did Raheem Jarrett. Um, had a carry also. Baker Mayfield, eight scrambles, 11 yards. Um, Rashad White only got 39 yards out of those 17 carries at 2.3 clips. So not efficient whatsoever. Sean Tucker didn't fare much better at 5 for 15 yards. Um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin do. They produced on what, you know, some would say is subpar quarterback play. Only 173 yards of total passing offense, but they were able to get 66 and 51 yards respectively. Mike Evans, the guy that gets into the end zone, which has been pretty accurate for what we've seen historically between these two. I think Chris Godwin's definitely the safer play. There could be weeks where Mike Evans isn't going to give you too much um, if he doesn't get into the end zone, but Chris Godwin's volume, um, I think, is going to be consistent and it is going to potentially go up from here. He did have six targets in this game. Um, Nothing I'm too concerned about with these two. You're getting what you pay for, realistically. Um, We saw Rashad White. He got a couple carries as well. Sean Tucker, a couple of carries. Um, Both of those guys looked okay, but I do think Rashad White's usage in the run game was probably heavier than what we had expected. Um, So really good for anyone that took on Rashad White. There's going to be games where he gets into the end zone. It's more efficient than, you know, three yards per carry. Um, the Atlanta Falcons-Carolina Panthers game, not very entertaining at all. We saw Desmond Ritter, 15 of 18, 115 yards, one touchdown. Anyone who drafted Kyle Pitts or Drake London hates their life. Um, two catches, 44 yards for Kyle Pitts. Drake London, zero catches, zero yards, goose egg your fantasy team. This passing offense is as close to non-existent as the NFL has ever seen, just about. Um they're not going to throw it often. They're not going to throw it well. And even if they Drake London gets 100% of the targets, 100% of nothing is still nothing. Um, so Drake London, you can't put him in your starting, starting lineups. I don't think you can play him. I know you spent a fifth-round pick or a sixth-round pick in your fantasy leagues. He's not startable until we see something change. And I don't think we're going to see something change because they've been so successful at running the ball. They won this game um, off the, the back of their run game. We saw Tyler Allergy go for 15 carries, 75 yards, got into the end zone twice. Bijan Robinson, 10 for 56 as well. Both of them running really efficiently, really well. Tyler Allergy, probably more involved than a lot of people were expecting. I think both of them are still going to be really um, efficient. Bijan Robinson, obviously the superior back superior player, did have six catches, 27 yards, got into the end zone and an absolutely awesome catch and run. Um, you saw him and he looked like he was going to get tackled behind the line of scrimmage, makes the first guy miss, bounces off another and straight into the end zone, just doing what he does best, what he always did when he always did when he was in college at Texas, um, is translating straight into the NFL. I think he'd be very happy with B. John Robinson going forward. But I think with the involvement of Tyler Allergier, as much as he has been and they've, what they've shown in week one and how efficient he was, He's not someone that's going to get 20 carries and his five targets every single week. He's going to be someone that gets his 15 carries and Tyler Allergy is going to get his 10. I think that 10-15 that, that it was in Tyler Allergy's favor this week, I think that flips as the season goes on. Um, but he's not going to be someone that's – he's not going to be Christian McCaffrey. He's not going to see 90% of the snaps, 90% of the carries, 100% of the receiving work. Um, I think they're going to get these two backs involved and – if you're the Falcons, I think that's probably the best football move. So I think B. John Robinson, although he's going to be fantastic, does have absolutely have his top five upside. I don't think he has running back one overall 
upside that a lot of people thought he had um, and a lot of people drafted him to be. I mean, you know, there was people that were taking him inside the top three um, in their fantasy drafts this season. Panthers, though, we saw Bryce Young debut. Struggled, as a lot of rookie quarterbacks do. I know Charlene touched it in the previous um, podcast. Atlanta Falcons' defense, much improved. I think they're not getting enough credit for what they've been able to do in the offseason as far as addressing their defense, as poor as they were last season. Bryce Young had 146 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, couldn't really get too much going through the air, but his weapons are so poor. He didn't have DJ Chark out there as well, which I wouldn't have thought it makes such a big difference. But when your other weapons are Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo, Go LaVisca Chenault, um, Adam Thielen in a wheelchair. DJ Chark matters. Miles um, Sanders, 18 carries, 72 yards. Chuba Hubbard had nine for 60 as well. So he was involved in this rushing attack um, probably more than what some people expected. I mean, Miles Sanders is not someone you want running the ball 20, 30 times a game. There's just not backs in the NFL that you really do that too or even want to do that too because you just start you don't get guys like Adrian Peterson or Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott in his prime where they just get better and they wear down defenses they're just not doing that anymore except for the likes of Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey so there's going to be a split of rushing yards there Miles Sanders did have four catches for 26 yards also, so you weren't um, upset with his fantasy day. Um, would be more hopeful that he can get into the end zone moving forward. Um, other than that, he's not, he's not someone that has running back one upside. I think in this offense, he's really going to struggle at times. Hayden Hurst um, had a nice game for you. You picked the Hayden Hurst um, touchdown game. You are playing the matchup. You saw the Atlanta Falcons. You thought, hey, maybe this is the tight end I want to play. Props to you. Did have five for 41 and a touchdown. Um, Terrace Marshall, two for tw- 23. Jonathan Mingo, two for 17. LaVisca Chenault, two for 16. Adam Thielen, two for 12. Um, yeah, not interested in any of those guys. Um, you know, on the off chance that DJ Chark or Terrace Marshall or Jonathan Mingo can absolutely elevate themselves above the rest... You can't play any of these guys, so I think it's highly unlikely we're going to be in a position where the Carolina Panthers wide receivers are someone that we're, that we're sought after. Um, next game I'll get into is Commanders and Cardinals. Commanders made made this look very difficult against the um, very poor Arizona Cardinals. Sam Howe, 202 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Struggled at times against these guys, which I think is a little disappointing considering how um, good he looked in the preseason. Brian Robinson, 19 carries, 59 yards. Wasn't super efficient on the ground, but he out-carried Antonio Gibson, 19-3, and Chris Rodriguez, 19-3. He is the lead back. Um, He's 100% the lead back. Um, Did get a catch as well. Not someone that's going to be get you know involved in the passing game very much. But Antonio Gibson didn't really get involved in the passing game either. He just had the one catch for 10 yards. So if there is a running back for the Commanders that you want to have, it's Brian Robinson. If you're already getting late in drafts, I think I wouldn't say your victory lap because I don't think his upside is that brilliant. But you're going to have a nice playable back. Anyone who took Antonio Gibson being, you know, hoping to get some starts out of him in your flex positions, I don't think that's realistic at all. I think you need to be looking elsewhere. Curtis Samuel had 5 for 54. Logan Thomas, 4 for 43. Jahan Dotson, 5 for 40. Went for 8 yards a catch after last year. He went for like 15 yards a catch. And I bet on Jahan Dotson over 45 yards. And guess what? He has 5 catches, 40 yards. Just to steal my money. I hate you, Jahan Dotson. You're on the list, mate. You're dead. Um, Terry McLaurin, two for 31. Again, just getting back from uh, turf toe. I think Terry McLaurin will see better days. I think this offense will see better days. They were just a little bit lethargic, um, despite you know the Cardinals' defense being pretty poor. Speaking of pretty poor, Josh Dobbs in his first start um, for the Arizona Cardinals literally just joined the team. Didn't even know the guys he was playing with. Um, 132 yards, no touchdowns, no interception, but did lose two fumbles. Again, very, very poor quarterback play. Um, I don't think you can play any of the Arizona Cardinals wide receivers. Someone who has Marquise Brown, very disappointing. You can't play him. Uh, you got to keep him out of your lineup. Um, only had two, for, uh, sorry, three for 28. Um, did have a nice. 29-yard carry in this game as well, which, if you did play him, got you to, like, six fantasy points. Still disappointing. Rondell Moore, three for 33. Again, very disappointing. Not someone you can get into your lineup. James Connor, only eight yards, but... Gee, it's good when you're playing a PPL league and he has five catches and you get a few extra points there. Did have 14 carries for 62 yards. 
He's going to get all of the work um, out of the backfield. Keontae Ingram did have five carries, but he went for negative four yards. Um, so, again, James Conner's going to get all the work, gets all the receiving down work. It's kind of a really safe play. I mean, low upside in this offense, but even in games that they were losing the entire time, he has 14 carries and five catches. Um, you can't really expect more out of the running back position um, coming from the spot that he's in. Colts and Jags, really entertaining game, really back and forth. And at times you thought that the Indianapolis Colts were going to get on top of the Jags. And obviously they were leading 21 um, to 17 going into the last quarter. And the Jags were able to go 14 to 0 in the last quarter and run over them. Um, Anthony Richardson. 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Really impressed me in his first um, season start. Um, did have 10 carries for 40 yards and a touchdown. Exactly what you kind of expected from A-Rich. He's going to be good for fantasy, even if he's not good um, in the NFL. But I thought his play was better in reality than what I was expecting. So props to Anthony Richardson. Um, props to people that own him in fantasy as well. I think um, you got a really good asset there moving forward, especially with how dangerous he was on the ground. Deion Jackson, 13 carries, 14 yards, non-factor. Was the full-blown starter. No one else saw any attempt, any um, carries except for Jake Funk for two for 10. I mean, maybe they should have got Jake Funk involved more. I don't even know who that is. Um, I do want to point it out, though. Watching that game, it just made me think of, like, of all the times Jonathan Taylor has torn up in his short career so far, torn up the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they win this game if they have Jonathan Taylor. If they can run the ball for more than 1.1 yards a carry with Deion Jackson, they win this game. So I don't know what kind of message that sends to the Colts organization. I don't think that um, relationship can be repaired. Um, Hopefully, Jonathan, for my sake, hopefully Jonathan Taylor finds a new home and he can start playing NFL football again. We do miss seeing um, our great players. Michael Pittman, someone who I wasn't super keen on heading into the season, um, obviously came across, uh, came out of the game with a really good stat line, 8 for 97 and a touchdown, was able to take that screen pass to the house. So good job to Michael Pittman. Um, you know, there's gonna there may be worse days ahead, but I think um, it's very safe plays. Volume is going to be very safe. They're going to continue to give him targets. And Anthony Richardson was a better passer than I expected. So I think you have to bring Michael Pittman uh, up in your rankings moving forward as well. Uh, Kylan Granson as well looked like he was operating as the number one tight end as well. Got four for 39. Someone to keep uh, on your radar. It was a nice prospect coming out of college as well. So just keep him sort of in the back of the, your mind. Deion Jackson, five for 14. Again, not efficient with his touches, but did get the five receptions. Alec Pierce, very quiet game. One catch five yards um, nothing really to take away there Trevor Lawrence uh, got the job done didn't look fantastic at times but did enough to get the job done just does what a you know star quarterback does and make sure that your team wins at the end of the day um, was able to you know put up the two touchdowns uh, in the second in the last quarter um, for his offense so he had 241 yards two touchdowns and an interception um, Again, really good performance. Not Didn't blow your socks off in fantasy, but got the job done. Um, the rushing attack was split between Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby. I've just read here, his name's Cartavius. That's tough as. That's such a really, really cool name. Um, but Tank, they call him Tank Bigsby because he uh, gets into the end zone, runs over dudes, did have seven for 13 and a touchdown. Um, had a really good run in the red zone and that set up that, you know, one yard touchdown run that he had. I think they had to give the ball back to him. I was getting so much lip in the chat because I am the Travis Etienne owner. Um, Again, if you have a good run inside the 10, they're not going to take you off the field and like bring on someone else. Like you finished that touchdown run. That's what it... Did no one learn a lesson from when they didn't hand the ball to Marshall and Lynch in the Super Bowl, the Seahawks? Um, So again, they obviously did learn the lesson. They gave the ball back to Tank and he got in. That's how it's done. Travis Etienne, though, did out-carry him 18-7. to He out-produced him 77 yards to 13, and he did have that big breakaway touchdown, looked far more explosive than Tank Bigsby. So as a Travis Etienne owner, I'm happy. He's exactly what I expected him to be. He's a superior athlete. He's a superior prospect. He was taken in the first round. Um, He's Trevor Lawrence's best friend, and um, he got involved in the passing game. Five catches, 27 yards. I don't know what else you can expect out of him. I think he had a really great game and produced for fantasy as well. Speaking of producing for fantasy, someone who did not, and I'm distraught, and he's in my bad book, he's on the bench until further notice. It's Christian Kirk, one catch, nine yards. Didn't see the field as much as we were expecting him to. 
They came out in a lot of two wide receiver sets. And we say two wide receiver, but realistically, I mean two wide receiver. And then you have Evan Ingram running in the slot or you have Evan Ingram even out wide. Um, So almost running, still running three wide receiver sets, but it was Christian Kirk coming off the field in those formations as opposed to Evan Ingram or Zay Jones. Zay Jones had 5 for 55, got involved. Evan Ingram, 5 for 49 as well, was still involved. But it was Calvin Ridley, Agent Zero, the Slim Reaper, whatever you want to call him. Eight catches, 101 yards, one touchdown. Made his return to the NFL and really made a statement. He is... Realistically, it could be a, a wide receiver one in fantasy, locked and loaded every single week. Um, unless we see something dramatically change in week two, and if we see another performance like this, I think rankings have to adjust accordingly. Um, and then, you know, people like myself who were saying that his draft price was uh, too rich, looking pretty silly right now. So we'll see how the rest of the season does pan out. Um, we'll move on to the Steelers and Niners game. Gee, what a beatdown that is. Shout out Andrew for butchering the Steelers being good. Great call. Kenny Pickett, awful. 232 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Couldn't get anything going. Najee Harris, six carries, 31 yards. Jalen Warren, three carries, six yards. They weren't going to establish the run. They got jumped early. They were down 10-zip before you knew it. Christian McCaffrey's running all over them. Um, they were never going to be able to get anything going. Um, one thing that was interesting, though, and obviously this probably happened more after Deontay Johnson did go down with a hamstring injury, unfortunately. Looked like he ripped it completely off the bone. Um, looks like it potentially could need to be surgically repaired. Um, so really not good news for Deontay Johnson at all. We'll wait and see uh, the confirmation of that moving forward. Alan Robinson, 5 for 64. You're in a really bad position if you're considering starting Alan Robinson. I think this offense... Um, is very scary. You don't want to have any part of it until you can be confident in any other pieces except for like Najee Harris. You have to keep starting. His draft price was too high. You have to keep putting him into your lineup. George Pickens as well. I think you can be confident that the volume is going to be there, that he's going to have the opportunity to score points. Whether he does or not, it's another thing. Did have five for 36 and not the big play guy that you expect out of George Pickens. So he did have a nice catch in the sideline that he wasn't inbounds for as well. So just to note, there may have been some points uh, left on the board. But again, this Steelers team was very, very disappointing in week one. They got a lot of reflecting to do um, to get ready for week two. Brock Purdy continues his streak as um, of throwing two touchdown passes in every game that he started. 220 yards, two touchdowns. Um, got that done pretty early with Brandon Ayuk for that first touchdown, and then they were able to hand the ball off to Chris McCaffrey 22 times and, you know, didn't even take him off the field realistically. Elijah Mitchell only had five carries in the game. They were leading by two scores majority of the way. Debo Samuel, two carries for eight yards. Weren't going to, in a game like this, why you, you, there's no need to be running him very often. Um, but like I said, it was Brandon Ayuk had an absolute day. Eight catches, 129 yards, two touchdowns. Um, again, wheels. You have nothing else except Brandon Ayuk. The rest of your team is dog water. Um, at least they were this week. Um, I'm coming for you. All right, I'm not going to lose. Owen, two. Never heard of her. Um, Debo Samuel. 5 for 55, um, got the job done. I mean, you weren't going to be too upset um, with his performance. George Kittle, 3 for 19, very disappointing. But again, again, they're up by two scores for a majority of the way. Um, did a lot, obviously a lot of blocking work that he normally does. Chris McCaffrey, 3 for 17 also. There's going to be days where he has nine catches for 50, 60 yards. Um, again, they're up by two scores for the entire game. The next game that we've got is we are flying through this. Great job by me. Um, We'll go to... Oh, I'm on the preseason games. God, I've really lost it here. Um, The next game that we've got is Saints-Titans. What a boring game. Horrific. I know the guys on the previous podcast spoke about it as well. Derek Carr was solid. 305 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Jamal Williams, 18 for 45. Um, Got a lot of carries. Didn't do a lot with them. Um, They didn't really use anyone else in the backfield. Tony Jones got a single carry. Rashid Shaheed got a couple of carries. And Taysom Hill had three carries as well. Um, Again, Jamal Williams was the workhorse back, but then realistically didn't um, do anything with it. Had two catches, seven yards. We were disappointed with his fantasy day. Kendra Miller, I think, will be back next week. And then we obviously have um, Alvin Kamara coming back in week four after his three-game suspension. I think... Based on the performance of Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller being a rookie, um, I think Alvin Kamara is going to come back into a pretty big role and very fantasy-relevant role um, as well. Chris Olave did what Chris Olave does. 
had the quietest eight for 112 you've ever seen. Um, was just incredibly productive. He would take a catch and you'd look up and you go, oh, well, that was 18 yards, so that was 20 yards. So he just continues to stack up fantasy points. Really good. Rashid Shahid continued to do what he does and, you know, big play machine. Five catches, 89 yards and a touchdown. One of the main takeaways I do want to say is that Michael Thomas looks really good. Um, he looked really good at the start of last year. He hasn't lost a step. He just keeps getting injured. So Michael Thomas is someone I'm going to put in my lineups. I think he's safe. I think the volume is going to be there um, from Derek Carr. He looked his way. When I was watching this game, he would in plays that weren't successful, it was either, you know, there was plenty of times where they threw it to Chris Alive and Rashid Shahid, but there was plenty of times where it was either they threw it to Mike Thomas, he got the catch, whatever, you know, wasn't not someone who makes guys miss or anything like that, but he can get open. There was plays where he was staring down Michael Thomas and into like double coverage. Like he was just like, I'm focused in on him. Um, and then when these other guys get open just out the corner of his eye, he was able to hit them up. But it was, I feel like it was Michael Thomas' first read of the majority of the plays from Derek Carr. I, I could be wrong, but that's just what I, it felt like it was. Um, Juwan Johnson got three for 36, did play pretty much all of the tight end snaps. So he's definitely the tight end one there. In games where they score more points, he could definitely have a role. Um, Titans, very, very disappointing. And Ryan Tannehill, God, if there wasn't a couple of awful backups sitting behind him, like Malik Willis is the second-string quarterback because Will Levis can't even beat him out. It's not looking good. And he threw three horrific interceptions, could have thrown 10. Um, Not good at all. There will be better days ahead for this Titans team. Despite how poorly they performed, they had every chance to win this game and just couldn't get the job done. Derrick Henry, 15 carries, 63 yards, does what he does. Tajay Spears, just the three carries, but did take him for 27 yards at nine carries a a pop, which is really good. They did give Traylon Burks a single carry, got nine yards out of that one. DeAndre Hopkins, 7 for 65. I think if you're a DeAndre Hopkins owner and you saw him get 10 targets, he took in seven of them and he got 65 yards in a game that they only scored 15 points. The amount of times that Ryan Daniel looked his way was phenomenal. I'm very happy as DeAndre Hopkins owner. He still looked like he has some juice. Like he didn't look slow. Um, he didn't look bad. He was just getting the ball thrown to him in double coverage because... It looks like Traylon Burks wasn't getting open. Like It looks like Traylon Burks wasn't at least putting enough pressure. The other weapons weren't putting enough pressure on the defense to then take attention away from D-Hop. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how the rest of the team can develop. Nick Westbrook-Akeen had 4-58, um, played a nice role, but not someone you're going to be looking to start in fantasy. Derrick Henry, a couple of catches, 56 yards. Did have that big catch and run on the screen. Um, again, he's going to be really good in fantasy. I think we're, we shouldn't be worried about Derrick Henry. Tajay Spears, just the one catch for one yard. I do want to point out that Tajay Spears and Derrick Henry pretty much split snaps almost 50-50. Tajay Speed plays exclusive, played exclusively on third downs and then also had some snaps um, on passing downs as well. Um, I don't know what the correlation would be as far as, like, if you're a defense and you see Tajay Spears come out, how much you're expecting the Titans to pass. Even, like, a neutral down, like, first or second down, you see Tajay Spears come out, you're like, it's probably not going to be a run or else it'd be Derrick Henry. I'm not sure whether that played a part in the Saints game plan. They are able to keep them, obviously, to a low points total. Um, but just something to note as well. I think there'll be better days for Tajay Spears fantasy-wise if he's going to be on the field this much. Um, someone that I had owned in a couple of spots and I was able to uh, get rid of him for you know a few draft picks here or there was Chigo Okonkwo. I'm going to do a bit of a victory lap here. Uh, Dylan and then also Jimbo in another league. Got a second-round pick for him in one league and I've got two fourth-round picks for him in another. The man it might be good, but it's the Tennessee Titans tight end. Cool, bro. I'm going to like miss out on like four fantasy points. Idiots. Or in this case, zero. Um, next game off the rank, we've got the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. A game that looked like it was going to get out of hand very quickly, very early on. But, um, you know, Patriots decided to make a bit of a comeback and obviously made a game of this. Mac Jones, 316 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. Looked like he was going to have the roughest day of his life before um, he was able to turn it around, uh, particularly in the second half. 
sorry, in the second quarter and then into the second half as well. Um, Ezekiel Elliott had seven carries for 29 yards. Um, did okay in his debut. Um, did what he sort of normally sort of does. Gives you four yards a carry and not much else. Ramondre Stevenson, 12 for 25. Couldn't really get anything going. Um, had that sickness... Um, going into the game, don't know if that played a part, but I just think this Eagles defense is very good. Um, Ramondre getting more carries than Ezekiel Elliott, I think is a positive for his fantasy outlook anyway, because we know how involved he's going to be in the passing game. And he was, um, this game got six, led the team in receiving with six for 64. Um, but yeah, to out carry, to almost double the amount of carries Ezekiel Elliott, um, I think it's a positive to take out of this. There's going to be better days ahead for Ramondre. Um, Kendrick Bourne had a really nice game. Again, someone, if you're chasing fantasy points from the previous week, Kendrick Bourne's probably someone on your list. I don't know if he's going to be able to give you six for 64 and two touchdowns again, but you never know. Hunter Henry definitely still looks like the primary tight end in New England, even though they have signed Mike Gusecki. It's going to be next to impossible to pick which guy is going to score the touchdown each week. Um, but again, really good game from him. Someone to keep an eye on. Demario Douglas had four for 40, undrafted free agent wide receiver that did make the roster. He looked really nice. Um, got, you know, his targets. Potentially, um, he's so much better than the likes of mid-Juju Smith-Schuster. And, um, you know, Tyquan Thornton's currently on IR. We do have other rookie, Kayshawn Boutte, who didn't register a catch. Um, but did play on pretty much all, as I think he played on a vast majority of snaps as well. So he's someone to look at if he can start to produce. Um, again, they threw the ball to the running backs a lot. Zeke Elliott had five catches for 14 yards. Obviously, he didn't do much with it, but five catches in a PPR league, you're still very happy. Um, again, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, struggled a little bit, looked really dominant early on. Um, they were able to score on those first drive, the first few drives. Had 170 yards and a touchdown through the air. Gave you 9 for 37 on the ground. So not a great fantasy day. I know in our six-point per passing touchdown league, only gave me 14 points. There will be better days ahead for Jalen Hurts. I think the key takeaway from this game, um, before I get into it, I'll just say AJ Brown, 7 for 79. Devonta Smith, 7 for 47 and a touchdown. Again, these guys are going to be great. (coughs) You had Kenny Gainwell dominate the running back snaps, dominate the running back carries, running back touches, receptions, everything. It was all Kenny Gainwell. 14 carries, 54 yards. DeAndre Swift, one carry, three yards. Buster Scott, one carry. Um, there you go. That's how That's how the offense is. That's how the um, that so-called committee and split is going to shake out or is currently shaking out. Kenny Gainwell is going to get all the touches. So... Kenny Gainwell is available. I think he's a priority pickup. Um, this offensive line is elite, um, and they're going to continue to give him really good holes. You know, he wasn't fantastic, but he got all the work, so you have to go pick him up as a priority. Um, did have four catches for 20 yards as well. DeAndre Swift just had the one catch, no yards there. Was a complete non-factor. Someone that was very, very disappointing because I do have him in a couple places, and I'm a big fan of him as a player as a whole. Dallas got it, zero catches, zero yards. Goose-egged me in a couple spots. Um, again, he's really the way the tight end landscape goes, you're not going to be finding a way to sit him. There's not going to be anyone really realistically better on the waiver wire. you just got to take your lumps with that one, keep playing him, and I think there'll, there'll be um, better times for Dallas got it. All right. The Seahawks and Rams, what a game. Um, Matthew Stafford, he's back. Um, he played exceptionally well. Had 334 yards. <coughs> Didn't have any touchdowns because they were able to get them in on the ground. Um, as well, but I think a lot of positive take out of that game for Matthew Stafford as well. Obviously, would be missing Cooper Cup. So am I, Matthew. Um, we want that Breakfast Club connection back um, as soon as possible. On the ground, though, there was a bit of an interesting split. We thought Cam Akers was obviously going to see the vast majority of rushing work, knew that he wasn't a great pass catcher, though he may see a bit of Kyron Williams. But what we actually saw was Kyron Williams taking up a lot of rushing um, opportunities and important rushing opportunities, particularly on the goal line, and he did really well. Um, got in, had 15 carries, 52 yards, two touchdowns. Cam Akers salvaged his fantasy day, but had 22 carries for only 29 yards. Got in to salvage his fantasy day, but did complete absolutely nothing with um, the opportunities he was given. 
which seems to be pretty often with what Cam Akers has done in his career. Hasn't really been very efficient when he's been given these opportunities. Um, And given how well Kyron Williams played, especially in key downs, key situations as well, getting into the end zone the way that he did, I think um, that's going to bode well well for him moving forward. So Kyron Williams, another guy that you want to be picking up off your waiver wire. Not something I'm willing to spend a lot of money on, um, but I will make sure that I can try to get a couple of shares of him if you you know do play in multiple leagues as well. Just to cover yourself if he does you know pop off. Um, speaking of popping off, Puka Nakua, what a guy. Um, might need to change his name to Cooper Cup. Um, Ten catches, 119 yards, 15 targets. Had an absolute monster fantasy day. Um, came in. Took the opportunity with two hands, um, took in a heap of catches, looked to be Matthew Stafford's first read and, you know, did exceptionally well. I think Matthew Stafford is a veteran quarterback. He's going to look to these younger players and look around and say, who can I rely on? Who can I, who's got safe hands? Who's going to run the right routes for me um, and get the ball into their hands? And Puka, uh, Puka Nakua um, definitely did that in week one and someone you need to pick up off, off the waiver wire and you potentially get them into your lineups realistically if you've um, had some issues with injuries um, at the wide receiver position or you you know, you know went into your draft and you went very light at wide receiver. He's definitely an option. Tutu Atwell had a really good game. Had six for 119 yards as well. Don't know if you can um, rely on Tutu Atwell moving forward. Tyler Higby, slightly disappointing given um, Cooper Cup wasn't there. Did have 3 for 49, so it was an okay for a fantasy day. Van Jefferson, really disappointing. is someone that probably people were expecting to be that de facto number one. Definitely wasn't. It was definitely Puka. Um, 4 for 24. So again, uh, other than Puka Nakua, I think the rest of the Rams pass catches, you probably don't want really too much a part of it, um, but it may be hard to predict moving forward. Speaking of something that's hard to predict, these Seattle Seahawks looked really bad. They looked really, really bad, and that's probably the only way to put it. Geno Smith, he looked bad. DK Metcalf didn't look good in the second half. Jackson Smith and Jigbud didn't look good. Tyler Lockett didn't look good. This whole offense was not clicking whatsoever. Despite all of the weapons that they have, um, couldn't get the job done, um, unfortunately. So we had Kenneth Walker had 12 carries, 64 yards, had a nice fantasy day. In the end, was able to give you four catches. He salvaged the day realistically. Didn't really um, have the opportunity to get into the end zone the way that they were playing. Um, Zach Charbonnet, three carries, 11 yards. Again, didn't really get an opportunity to get into the game. Um, this offense just wasn't really moving anywhere. DK Metcalf um, was able to salvage his fantasy day with a touchdown, but did only have 3 for 47. Will Disley, 2 for 17. DJ Dallas had 14 yards. Jack Smith and Jigba, 13. And Tyler Lockett, 10. Um, nothing really clicking for these guys. I think there will be um, games moving forward that all three of these pass catches at the wide receiver position, JSN, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf, um, are going to be fantasy viable. I think it's just one of those down games, knock a bit of rust off, and I do think Geno Smith will um, bounce back, but really poor against the Rams in week one. Game of the week, Chargers-Dolphins. Incredible viewing. Um, had the privilege to watch this one. Um Really, really um, positive signs out of both teams. So both teams have a lot of fantasy-relevant players that you're waiting to see how they're going to perform. <coughs> Justin Herbert didn't um, have a monster fantasy day, but did give you 228 yards and a touchdown. Did what he needed to do. Um, but with new offensive coordinator, Callan Moore, it was the running game. And it's what we've seen in Dallas as well. They've been very run-heavy when they had Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And I feel like they're kind of doing maybe... You could argue a better version because Austin Eckler is just incredible. Um, but they did have Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly getting 16 carries each, both of them approaching, um, well, Josh Kelly approaching 100 yards and Austin Eckler going just over. Um, he had 117 yards and a touchdown. Josh Kelly had 91 yards and a touchdown. Justin Herbert also got into the end zone um, and having 18 yards rushing also. Kenan Allen led the team in receiving as per usual. Um, anyone who's thinks Mike Williams is better, is an idiot. Keenan Allen is the wide receiver one, uh, will continue to be the wide receiver one, was the wide receiver three in fantasy last year. And if I feel like I'm repeating myself, it's probably because I am I'm tired of having uh, this argument with people. Keenan Allen is still good. He's still the wide receiver one for Justin Herbert. End of story. Uh, six for 76. Austin Eckler, four for 47. Mike Williams had, did have four for 45. 
Uh, Parham did have 21 yards on three catches, did catch that touchdown. God, he's a big man. They just threw it up to him, and no one could reach it. Like, it'd be literally... I remember when you used to watch um, Shaquille O'Neal or you used to watch Yao Ming back in the day in the early 2000s just dunking on dudes, and you just couldn't stop it. He was too big. Um, that's exactly what it felt like there. Joe Everett did start him in a couple spots just trying to, you know, land that touchdown in a good offense in a high-scoring game. Didn't go my way. Only had two for 21. Um, Quentin Johnson, just a two catches for nine yards. I think his role will continue to grow as the season moves on. Um, not someone I was expecting to produce right away. Um, but speaking of producing, Tua Tagovailoa. Made mention to him at the beginning of the podcast about how I'd now have a Tua share. God, I'm happy about it. 466 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. God, he is the man. Um, we absolutely love Tua um, here at the Fantasy Addicts. Not really. It's just me, and I, that's fine. I'm happy to live on that island. Um, pardon the pun. Um, the rushing attack was um, pretty concentrated um, into Raheem Mostert. Had 10 carries, 37 yards, so not incredibly efficient. Did get into the end zone as well, so you were happy with what he did for your team. Um, and then you also had Salvon Ahmed did have three carries for 11 yards. Into the receiving, though, I'm going to save the best for last. Um, we had Jalen Models four for 78. Um, I think there's going to be days where Jalen Models is going to be, you know, more the focal point of the offense, but he definitely took a back seat to a certain wide receiver across from him. Um, Duran Smythe had a nice game, three for 34. Doesn't sound like much, but was playing really well and got some. Those the catches were on key third downs, and um, he was getting open, making nice catches. Braxton Berrios, 3 for 42. River Craycraft gave you 3 for 40. Again, these guys aren't um, super relevant. Raheem most a couple catches for 13 yards too. Um, even the fullback getting involved, Alec Ingold, shout out, 2 for 34. Didn't even know fullback still existed. Um, but the man of the hour, the guy who single-handedly won you your matchup in week one, Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns. And when I say single-handedly won you the week, if it's on the flip side, you single-handedly lost that week because of Tyreek Hill. He's incredible. Um, might sound controversial. At what point do we just say Tyreek Hill could be the wide receiver one? If he's going to continue, um, he said at the beginning of the year he's going to go for 2,000 yards. He's going to break the record. Well, he's certainly on his way after one week. Um, he's just a fantastic um, player, an absolutely special player and someone that, you know, when his career is done, you're going to look back and think Tyreek Hill, he's one of the best best wide receivers ever. Um, I hate to sound dramatic, but it's getting to that point where he did it with Patrick Mahomes. He gets traded to Miami. He comes out last year, gives you, what, 1,500 yards or something ridiculous that he did last year. Um, and he comes out and starts the year with two touchdowns, 200 yards. Um, he's absolutely taking the piss out of the NFL. Um, speaking of taking the piss... Anyone else think of the Green Bay Packers just finding franchise quarterbacks um, every single time they need one, uh, drafting one, letting them sit behind an experienced quarterback and then grooming them into the next Hall of Famer? Well, it looks like they've done it again with Jordan Love. Um, obviously, he didn't complete a high percentage of passes, 15 to 27. Um, but when they did, boy, were they good. 244 yards, three touchdowns, um, getting it done in his first game as the locked-in starter um, for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones does what Aaron Jones does. He's efficient on the ground, doesn't need many carries. 9 for 41, gets into the end zone. Um, A.J. Dillon sucked as always, 13 for 19 yards. Again, 1.5 yards carry. He just continues to be poor. Um, I think the days of A.J. Dillon potentially being the, the heir to that backfield, I think that's over. I think they've made it pretty clear they don't want to re-sign him moving into next year. Patrick Taylor even got a few carries, 5 for 22 uh, late in the game also. On the receiving front, uh, we had Aaron Jones, 2 for 86, did take that screen pass to the house. What a guy. Um, again, really good player. Played against him in fantasy this week. It just hurts. Um, he just continues to do it. Continues to be incredibly efficient. Luke Musgrave looked good on debut, 3 for 50. Um, that will catch he took wide open in the open field, and then he's fallen down. I think he'll be a – he probably lost a little bit of sleep, hoping to get his first career touchdown, but it'll definitely come. He looked good as well. Jaden Reed chimed in for 2 for 48, um, so they were pretty happy with uh, his performance as a rookie. Romeo Dobbs only gave you 26 yards, but he got into the end zone twice. You were really happy if you started him in any spots. Um, I think, obviously, he's going to be okay. There's going to be times where, um, you know, he does not going to give you enough. Um, as far as volume goes, I don't think this... Like, they threw the ball 27 times. Probably as high as it's going to get. It's pretty low in comparison to the rest of the NFL. Um, 
So I don't think uh, Romeo Dobbs is someone that's going to give you much upside moving forward. Um, Samori Torre had two for 18. AJ Dillon, two for 17 as well. Um, they will welcome back the return of Christian Watson next week, I would imagine. That just gives that offense another layer of um, dynamic play as well. I think that being you know quite that bit... I wouldn't say he's like a whole lot faster than Romeo Dobbs because these guys playing in the NFL, they're all incredible athletes, but... Um, Christian Watts is an absolute specimen. Um, he'll be able to, you know, burn defenders and really give this offense another layer of complexity that teams are going to have to deal with. Um, it was touched on briefly in the previous podcast, but the New York Giants were absolutely slapped by the Cowboys. Um, Dak really didn't have to do much. Only threw the ball 24 times, 143 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So you're disappointed if you had him in fantasy. But if you're a Cowboys fan, boy, you're excited with how they played um, on Sunday night football on the big stage. Tony Pollard continues to do what Tony Pollard did last season. 14 carries, 70 yards, two touchdowns. Um, he's an incredibly good player. Uh, Rico Dowdle got six carries, 24 yards. He looked nice, just given uh, Tony a rest. Kevonte Turpin, three for 14, got into the end zone for a touchdown. Deuce Vaughn ended up getting six carries, only got eight yards out of them. Again, these guys um, aren't relevant unless there's something that happens to Tony Pollard, and we, we all hope that doesn't happen. We do love Tony um, here at the Fantasy Addicts. C.D. Lamb wasn't relied on, but did have 77 yards on just four catches, so you're very happy with the efficiency you got out of him. Uh, Brandon Cooks, two for 22. <coughs> um, Brandon Cooks, not obviously someone that you're going to be relying on every single week, um, but in games that you know it's going to be close or they're trailing in, he could be someone that could sneak into your lineups. Tony Pollard, two for 12. Vondé Turpin, two for 11. Jake Ferguson, two for 11. And Gallup had just the one catch. It is just C.D. Lamb here that you can rely on um, on a week-to-week basis for these Cowboys as far as the wide receiver position goes. Daniel Jones secured the bag in the offseason. Whole lot of hype. Saquon re-signs, gets that deal done. Hold out, finish. Um, they trade for Darren Waller. They've got their weapons. They're going to take it up to the Cowboys in week one and what happens they get absolutely killed Daniel Jones didn't have a second to think back there um this Dallas defense is the real deal um they looked incredible um they weren't able to get anything going in the air whatsoever um Saquon Barkley did have 12 carries for 50 yards um Daniel Jones ran the ball 13 times half the time he's just running for his life I don't even think there definitely wasn't 13 design runs I'll tell you that much um wasn't able to get anything going. Completely shut out. Um, Darren Waller did have three for 36 and was heavily targeted. He was definitely the number one wide receiver. I'll, I'll say wide receiver, but definitely, you know, he's a tight end, but he's definitely the number one receiving option for this team. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, just one catch, 24 yards. Lawrence Cager, whoever that is, um, two for 17. Darius Slayton, three for 15. Saquon had three for 12 as well. Um, again, it's realistically only... Darren Waller that you would be looking to start in any of your fantasy leagues for the rest of these guys um, unless something dramatic happens as far as their production goes you're not really looking for them and now our very last game of the week one stretch is the Jets versus the Bills um, I'll address the elephant in the room Jets fans you may in fact just be a cursed franchise um, you may in fact never win a Super Bowl um, again you may, in fact, never see success, never see a playoff win, uh, never make the playoffs because it's just getting ridiculous at this point. Um, I think I speak for almost all NFL fans except for potentially salty Green Bay fans or, you know, people that just hate life and take it out on other people for no apparent reason. Um Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, and it's all but confirmed. They're just waiting for the RMRI to come back, but... Based on all intel and the doctors that they have at the New York Jets, they believe that Aaron Rodgers has torn his Achilles. He will be done for the year. It also puts a cloud um, on the rest of his career as well. You know, it's a long way back for an Achilles. And for such a star player and someone that we've been able to, you know, appreciate and watch for such a long time, it is upsetting to see him go down that way. Um, It would be upsetting to see um, that be the last 
play for Aaron Rodgers after what all he's that he's achieved in the game. Um, you know, if people feel like he's potentially underachieved just based on how talented he is. Um, you know, imagine being a three-time MVP, multiple, multiple-time pro bowler, um, all-pro, and then having people say, oh, you haven't achieved enough. Like, we expected more from you. So that's, I think that's needs to be taken as a compliment rather than as a criticism for Aaron Rodgers. Um, again, I was a big fan of... Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers on Hard Knocks this this uh, this off season was really entertaining, and you know I think it was everyone was looking forward to seeing how they go this year. So wishing Aaron the best. Um, I know obviously he's listening to this, um, but again, Jets fans, pour one out for you. Um, you know, there may be better times ahead. Hopefully, Zach Wilson can you know hold down the fort um, while Aaron Rodgers is on the mend, or you know can take over from Aaron you know much sooner than we were all expecting. Um, he did start the game, though. When he came on, Zach Wilson pretty poorly throwing that interception, but did finish the day with 140 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, they do get done in overtime. Uh, sorry, they do get the job done in overtime is what I meant to say with that awesome run-back touchdown. Um, so props to the Jets. They're 1-0, but they feel like this. They probably feel like this is a loss um, just considering the personnel that they've, um, they're now going to be without for the rest of the season, if not um, forever. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook split the backfield, uh, you know, next to 50-50 as far as carries go. Brees Hall with 10, Dalvin Cook with 13. Dalvin Cook had only 33 yards. Brees Hall had 127 yards. Newsflash, people, 23-year-old running back taken in the second round is better than 30. Well, no, he's not 30. I'm over-exaggerating, but 28, 29-year-old running back that has thousands of carries on his back. Of course he's better. Brees Hall is a better player than Dalvin Cook. Brees Hall was taken in the second round. Like, he is good. Of course, he's going to have 127 yards on 10 carries because he's the man. Joel's going to like this segment. Um, But, no, he looked incredible. Um, Had one catch for 20 yards as well. Every time he touched the ball, he looked like he was just going to take it to the house. So, you know, one thing that uh, was pretty funny, though... Did get chased down on that big run. I thought he was gone. I thought he was absolutely um into going to be into the end zone, but does get chased down. Did have the angle, so I'm not going to uh, hate on him too much. Alan Lazard did just have uh, two for 46. Led the team receiving. Garrett Wilson five for 34, but did get that late touchdown to uh secure his fantasy day. Um, again, big hits. Alan Lazard, Tyler Conklin, Randall Cobb. Like these guys weren't. Incredibly high um, up on your fantasy radar. Garrett Wilson, obviously the clear number one receiver there. They all get a downgrade. I think, uh, like I said, that the crop of guys I mentioned before, Alan Lazard, Tyler Conklin, Randall Cobb, can't start them at all now that Aaron Rodgers is down. Garrett Wilson, you're going to have to continue to play. You took him in the second round of your fantasy drafts. Um, and again, did produce with Zach Wilson last year. It's just not going to be. He doesn't have that you know top five upside or you know potentially even top ten that you drafted him to be um, this season, uh, sadly, with Aaron Rodgers going down. But that remains to be seen. Did have a decent fantasy day, um, all things considered. Buffalo Bills, though, I do not know what I saw from Josh Allen. Um, continues to do what Josh Allen does, and he's just unpredictable. Um, normally, it ends in good things. Normally, you say he's unpredictable, and you know you get a good result. You see him do things that you see other quarterbacks just not being able to make what's um, whatsoever, make throws, um, runs, first down, diving, just stuff that players aren't able to do, and he just makes it look – he does it routinely. Um, but what he did routinely was turn the ball over. Uh, 236 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Not good enough from Josh Allen. Um, realistically cost them the game. You know, they lost this game by one possession in overtime. And if you turn the ball over four times, well, there's no one else to blame but yourself, Josh. Um, James Cook led this backfield entirely. Latavius Murray with just two ca- carries and Damien Harris with just one. James Cook, 12 carries, 46 yards. So it wasn't incredibly efficient, but did what he needed to do on those opportunities. Josh Allen chimed in with six carries, 36 yards on the ground. Pretty standard for him. Stefan Diggs continued to do what Stefan Diggs does. 10 catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. Just peppered with targets, as he normally is. Starts the season off well. Those that took him in the first round of their fantasy drafts, very happy. Um, Gabe Davis, 2 for 32. Dalton Kincaid, 4 for 26. Are you happy with the debut from Kincaid, especially if you're in like a, a two-point tight end premium league? Dawson Knox... As we expected, still going to be involved at the tight end position as well. Did have three for 25. I think a lot of Kincaid owners would be like, oh, imagine if you put those three catches and 25 yards onto Kincaid's stat line. Oh, it'd look great, but it's not the reality of it, sadly. 
James Cook doing what he does, four catches, 17 yards. He's going to rack up catches as well. Damien Harris did get a couple, surprisingly. Um, only got the one carry, but, gee, he got two catches. I think there's been years in, in uh, New England where he had, like, two catches the entire year, and he's gone out and done it his first game as a Bill. Um, so that's very funny. Um, that wraps up all of our games. Um, I do want to say I enjoyed week one. It was really good. Um, it's good to have football back. I think I'll give a quick wrap on my uh, fantasy teams. I won. Now I won in our redra in our home redraft league. I won in. Um, so I'm going down the list now. Sleeper on a desk on a desktop. Terrible, by the way. Just want to say that to Sleeper. Their mobile app, fantastic. Chef's kiss. The desktop view is terrible. Um, so I won in our redraft league, our home redraft league, because I'm the man. And then I won in one of my dynasty leagues. And then I also won in... No. And then I I won in the Aussie NFL content league. So there's a few of us guys that, um, that put out some NFL content that were all Australian. I won in that league. Um, but then I got done in one of my other dynasty leagues. Um, but that, that league I'm tanking in, so it was great. I was so happy. This, this team looks like it's going to be like the 102 and I'm going to be the 101 now. So that would be really, really good. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, my main league, the Stone Cutters, we got beaten by the Fighting Hellfish, who were better on the day, um, 206 to 159. Uh, we will be better moving forward. Not going to get a zero out of Dallas Goddard every week. i tell you that right now. I'm not going to be playing Christian Kirk anymore. I'm going to get more than 14 points out of Jalen Hurts. JT Cooper Cup are going to be back. We're going to be back in the winner's column. I'm not worried. Um, but on that note, I do want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Addicts podcast. And make sure you're following the podcast on the Twitters at the FB Addicts and on Instagram at the Fantasy Addicts. Follow the pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a review, five stars, um, and tune in. We'll be releasing podcasts uh, multiple times a week. Make sure you listen to the Joel and Charlene betting show if you want to win some moolah. I know we all do, so um, make sure you tune in for that. And have a lovely night.